Kia ora, ko Anne O'Brien toku ingoa, he kaiorongi o waituhi o tamaki, no mai, haru mai. I'm Anne O'Brien, Director of the Auckland Writers Festival Waituhi o Tamaki, and you're listening to a session podcast from our 2021 event. Tino Rangatiratanga in Publishing As a rising tide of Indigenous literary voices sweep across Aotearoa and the wider world, the literary barriers of mainstream publishing are becoming even more apparent. Writers and editors Patricia Grace, Anahira Gildia and SMA Ranapiri deliver a powerful dissection on the current state of play, discussing alternative methods of publishing in Te Ao Māori and the ways writers and activists are re-indigenising the sharing of Māori stories to provide historical and cultural context to current issues. Chaired by Emma Espiner, this session is part of the oral series curated by Ruby Solly and supported by Teitora Fira Itereo Māori, the Māori Language Commission. We hope you enjoy it. Tihe mauri ora. Ake te whare e tū nei, tēnā koe. Te papa e tākoto nei, tēnā koe. Ngā mana whenua o te rohe nei, ko ngā te whātua ki ora ake, tēnā koutou. Koutou katoa, ngā kaituhi, kaipānui, o te motu nei, tēnā koutou, tēnā koutou, tēnā koutou katoa. Um, Hariko tēnā kou ki te noho kei wainganui a koutou uh, mō te kaupapa o tēnei, uh, rā, uh, he kaupapa whakahirahira tēnei. Ko waiau, uh, nō Ngāti Tūkorehe, Ngāti Purau, uh, ko Emma Espina tōku ingoa, he wahine Māori ahau, uh, ko she, her, ia, ngā pronouns. <laughs> Um, tēnā koutou te whānau whānau, it's such a privilege to be here with you today and thank you so many of you for coming to this kaupapa, um, I'm really touched to see all of you here. Um, it's a privilege to be here especially with three of our most staunch advocates for tēnoranga uh, tiratanga in writing and publishing. Thank you to the Auckland Writers Festival for programming this event uh, in partnership with Te Tauraferi Te Reo Māori. Uh, and to our dear friend and national treasure, Ruby Solly, for um, curating the visionary oral series for this year's festival. I'd like you to meet our speakers. Uh, on my far right, although probably to my far left, if I'm being honest. <laughs> uh, <laughs> e te whanaunga, Anahira Gilday, uh, no Ngāti Tūkorehe ia, uh, he, he wahine Māori ia, ko she, her ia, ngā pronouns. Uh, next to her is SMA Ranapiri, uh, he takatāpui ia, no Ngāti Raukaua ki te tonga, Ngāti Pūkeko ia, ko they, them ia ngā pronouns. And Patricia Grace, another national treasure, ko Ngāti Toa, Te Ateaua, Ngāti Raua, Ngā Iwi, he wahine Māori ia. So this is going to be awesome, it's going to be nourishing, challenging and enriching. It became apparent when we started talking about this, se this session that uh, it's really about the whakapapa of Māori writing uh, and honouring those who have made it possible for us to publish our stories uh, on our own terms. So Faya Patricia, I'd like to start with you. In your memoir you say that you've always been interested in writing Māori characters in Māori contexts. When you were getting started, who was interested in publishing those stories? Well, I was fairly fortunate because I was um, approached by a publisher um, for those early stories. I don't know what I would have done if I hadn't, mm. if they hadn't, uh, whether I would have eventually got round to attempting to publish. But the time was right for um, Phoebe Meikle at the time. Was She saw that there was a gap in... She, she'd been a... Um, headmistress of a, of a school, of a secondary school, and saw that there was a, a gap there that needed filling where um, Māori children were not seeing themselves represented in literature. So, um, and um, so she went out and sought those stories. Mm. So I think I was very fortunate in that way. And as an educator yourself, you recognised that as well when you were teaching, right? Yes. Mm. Oh, yes, I had, indeed. Mm. Mm. And you've got a beautiful copy of the Kuru Journal there. Could you tell us a little about the whakapapa of that? Uh, yes. Uh, um, for my contribution to this um, um, panel today, I was asked to talk about the Kuru magazines, which I've got here, which came out in... Volume 1 came out in 1976 and 
and Volume 2 came out in 1978. Um, and these are publications following Hui of what was then called the Māori Artists and Writers Society and later became Ngā Puna Waihanga. Uh, these gatherings began in 1973 and were held on held annually on rural marae over Labour Weekend, which was not the, not the most warm time to be um, on a marae, but nevertheless. Um, and there were vi visual artists, traditional artists, musicians, dancers, performers, composers, uh, photographers. Um, there was theatre and kapahaka, oratory and writing. So um, they were. They were. Um, th these particular publications were born out of those early hui, held in Takaha and Wairua, and um, I think that the first one in Takaha in '73, then Wairua, Waitara, Motuiti, Taupo, Purirua, um, and they were really quite something, you know. Um, Māori artists and writers getting together to support and encourage one another and we brought our families with us. So it might be a gathering of, you know, 200 people coming in busloads. Um, they were highly stimulating um, weekends for all of us. And so they had exhi exhibitions of art, contemporary and um, traditional in the Farinui, but sometimes they had to use also the local hall and sometimes the schools, mm. you know, to, to um, cater for the exhibitions. So there were oratory and, you know, music and kapak and storytelling, plenty of humour. I think that was what we enjoyed most was being together and mm. telling stories and laughing a lot, you know. Um, the performing arts, so the... Um, visual arts were all around us. The performing arts and writings were presented in all-night concert on the Saturday night, and literally it was all night. So the concert went all night. We were in a Farinui, so um, if you wanted to, you could go off and sleep for a while, or if you had to. <laughs> Nobody really wanted to, I don't think. Um, so you could drop off for a while. Um, throughout the day there would be workshops and presentations, um, but there were only ever two, and they were a great mixture of what took place during those weekends or um, with what the particular artists and writers were doing at that particular time. The first one, um, has an introduction by Hone Tufare, who was one of the um, initial uh, ones who, who mm. was involved in setting, setting it up. It was a very short intro, um, a half a column, I think. That's good. I like short intros. <laughs> really like short intros. Um, so, you know, short stories poetry, lots of poetry by all ages because our children were involved too and it was, you know, um, something that involved everyone. Mm. You didn't have to be a practising artist or a practising writer. Um, you just had to enjoy being there mainly. Um, one of the articles um, describes the genesis of the magazine itself and tells how following the hui at Waitara, what had been talked about for some years before that, but following the hui at Waitara on the bus bound for Auckland, the bus's speaker system was used as one by one people expressed their um, views um, for the format and the content of what this magazine was to be. And by the time they reached Hamilton, they said they'd raised... $60, <laughs> and <laughs> gathered a list of names of those prepared to do the mahi. And um, I'll just 
there was a prevailing sense of aroha and afina, which continued to be expressed by other branches and individuals. For 60 or so miles from Waitara, the discussion flowed. So that's just a little bit out of that article. The writing um, is in te reo, or English, and sometimes a mixture of both. As an there's an amusing story told in verse by Harry Danzi, which um, the beginning of um, which is called the Bumblebee, and I'll just read a little bit of that. I can organise myself, sort of. So the bumblebee. Te whare e tū mai nei, te whare e tū mai, me te, te marae, tuarangi, kua tai mai. Kia ora koutou, me te home lot too. got a story to tell and it's paira watu. He taitama ia, he tangata nei, noho tata Anna Kitolega Bay. His name was Tiki Puma Puda Api, and the school kids called him the Bumblebee. Funny Anna Tingoane, but that was his name, and he didn't care. Prince seems to get smaller the older you get. <laughs> 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 Is that what's happening? <laughs> <laughs> um, Anyway, um, <laughs> so where was I? Um, so as well as the writing, of course, there, were, were, there was some very, very fine photography. And I wish I could show it. It's no use me holding it up. But very fine photography and photographs of the works of um, the artists, Ralph Horty, De Selwyn Mudu, Robin Kahukiwa, Georgina Kirby, Ray Heyman, Cliff Whiting, Arnold Wilson, Katerina Mataira, and more, you know. So it was such a great resource. Um, one of the most um, treasured items for me is the script of Rolly Habib's one-act play, um, Death of the Land. Um, I remember well seeing this uh, piece of theatre performed at Takubwahi Marae. I was one of the organisers of the hui that year and um, we knew that this play was going to be performed and it was going to be in the Farenui. And there happened to be, I don't know how it came about, there, there was a French camera team there and because I was supposed to be one of the organisers, they were... They were there with all their cameras outside the Farenui and they were saying to me, where is it going to be held? And I said, in there, you know. Um, where is the stage? And I said, well, there isn't a stage. Oh, what space will they use? I don't know. And I wasn't being obtuse because I really didn't know. But anyway, um, at, the, at the time, the time came I couldn't ask, we couldn't ask anybody because they were all away practising. And um, so the time came and everyone in, went into the Farenui and it was absolutely packed. There wasn't a space anywhere. And I couldn't see any crew or anything like that. We were all sitting around on the floor and it was packed out. Um, I thought, oh, maybe they're going to make a grand entrance, but how are they going to do that? I couldn't see the players at all. And, and and anyway, everything everything quietened down, and then one by one, the players stood. One here, next one there, next one back there, and so just all throughout the the fuddy, and that's how, and 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 it was just absolutely spellbinding. Um, of course, Koru was meant to continue and be somewhere where Māori artists and writers could publish and give expression to art within a Māori context. But unfortunately, there were only ever two, and that wasn't to be at that time. However, I believe the time is right again now, 
what, 40 years or so later, um, for it to happen again in a new format. Kia ora koutou, kia ora tātou. Kia ora um, Perfect pivot to you, Ete um, to talk to us about what that new format might look like. Um, and can you elaborate on why it's necessary to have something like this um, and also address the idea of um, competition versus community? Um, kia ora, ka mihi nunui ki a koutou katoa. Um, he, mihi, he mihi anō ki o, um, o koutou maunga me o koutou waihorapa i tēnei rohi ātāhua. Um, I'm super stoked to be here and never ever thought that I would sit here with um, people who I admire so greatly. So I'm deeply honoured to be here. Thank you very much. Um, I, I guess I'm sitting on this panel because um, we put out a publication last year called Tefe, um, and and the process of coming to put out that publication was incredibly um, challenging. Um, and we went in with the idea to just ask a bunch of questions uh, of, of ourselves as Māori writers, and we came out with the certainty that part of our kaupapa was to disrupt publishing. So, <laughs> <coughs> you know, that's how it rolls. So, um, so the, um, the way it worked was that, well, the way it works is that often lately, many of those who I know, Māori writers, will be approached either by email, Instagram, Facebook, the messages will come and say, oh, kia ora. Um, Um, I was just wondering, my character is Māori and I'm Pākehā, can I pay you to edit my work or where do I get this published or um, how do I... Timia, 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 right? So, like, endless kind of questions, conversations and at the same time, many of us were finding that we were being invited to publish so long as we had some kete and some nannies and some pippi in our stories. Um, which was really uncomfortable and difficult to navigate, you know. Uh, I had a personal experience and it's one of so many where I wrote a story, I knew I was being asked to write a story with these elements in it and I deliberately wrote a story without those elements in it. Um, and the, the uh, editor had an absolute heart attack. <laughs> uh, oh no, this isn't what we wanted. Oh no, what are you writing? Uh, I'm sorry, was I not clear? But how can they say, we wanted you to Māori that up? You know, how can they say that? <laughs> so, um, and so I'm sitting there going, oh, <laughs> you know, like what, should, what is the problem? Sorry, sorry, what's the problem? So over and over we had these issues. We came to, uh, and, and we began to um, unpack what, what, was the isu- what was the issue for us in publishing. And of course the issue is putia, money. Um, the publishing industry is run by money, mostly. Not everyone, I don't mean that, but you know, generally in that sort of mainstream sphere, it has to be, because that's the world that we live in. It's not an indictment of it, we, we, that is how it works. And we came to ask ourselves, what does this mean for us and how can we do something different and what would that look like? Um, and so we began with what are, we, we went right back to what are our, what's our tikanga, what are our values in terms of publishing, what does it mean to us? Um, and how can we navigate and support each other to do this um, in a way that we feel really strong and confident about and that we feel supports each other. And so <coughs> the idea for Tefia was born, which was not actually about publishing, it was about process and it was about nourishing writers and it was about being really transparent in how we went about things. We invited, we sent out um, a tunnel to a whole bunch of people who were transparently our friends, <laughs> 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 who we knew would be on this waka to have, these, have this corridor to come and to the first thing to do to, was to wānanga, to come together on the marae, we went home to Tukura here. Emma was there, Patricia was there, Issa wasn't there, but we'll be there next time. And, <laughs> um, and we, um, we just wanted to wānanga these issues and see if we could find a way forward. Out of that came the publication Te Fe, and which we, which we put online, and you will find at www.tefe.nz, for free. So <laughs> it isn't for sale, and you cannot buy it. Um, it is literally for free. 
there were we did print 200 copies, um, which are extremely beautiful. And one of the key things that we decided was that they must be returned to the Hokanga. So we went home with them first and foremost, and we returned them to Tukurahe because that's where the stories were born. So everything that we tried to do was about engaging with the way in which we were asked to publish. And so many things, you know, became apparent. We began to research what are, what's going on in the, in the, in the, uh, the organisational structures of publishing houses, how many Māori are on board, who is being asked to do the editing of your work if you're Māori and you wish for a Māori editor. We didn't want to make a binary situation, it's not about that, but there is only currently, it, it felt like there was only one option. You sent your work in, your work was often sent into a journal uh, under a particular theme or request. There was no way to retain tenoranga tiratanga around any of that work once you let it go, uh, unless you were willing to have it not published. So. Um, you couldn't request your own editor. Well, you could try, but you may not get it. You know, we, we wanted to be able to say, this is, this is unacceptable. <laughs> we would like there to be different options. Um, and if they aren't there, we're going to attempt to make them ourselves. And so in the process of creating Te Fair, what we discovered, which we knew but we didn't know how closely, was that Te Fair is directly in the whakapapa of the kuru journals that Patricia has just, referred, has just shared with us. Um, and we were so overwhelmed because uh, one, of the, one of the very important kaupapa that we had in here was to take that work and from the wānanga that we had, we created three questions which we sent to our rōputikanga, um, our kaumātua, to, to weigh in on. And they were questions like, how do we review each other? You know, how do we review each other when, um, when the, the sort of the hunger for people talking about each other and about our work and we want to protect our whanaunga and, our, and ngā tangata Māori katoa, um, but we still need to be able to have rigorous and, and, and complicated review without it becoming fodder for like the Judith Collins and so forth. Sorry, Judith, if you're here. Kia ora, stand up. <laughs> <laughs> sorry, not sorry. That's right. Um, <laughs> Sorry, <laughs> political over here. Um, <laughs> um, so, so we were absolutely um, blown away and stoked by the support that we got from Komatua to answer those questions. And the answers to those questions are in the Tefia Journal. And um, Patricia was one of our Komatua, and she also came to our Wananga. We invited her, thinking, "Oh, we, we, we would be so honoured if you come." And she was like, "Oh, can I just sit in the background?" And we were like. You can do whatever you want. <laughs> um, um, and actually, it was so fantastic having her there because she was able to relay to us the stories of the kind of whanaungatanga that went on during their wānanga and what was happening for us at that time. And since then, we've had an amazing network of um, support for each other and we have found that we can, we can actually talk backwards and forwards with each other and get advice on how to deal with really gnarly questions that come in, on how to deflect a really uh, negative publishing requests <laughs> um, and how to say no if they're going to offer you $1,000 for something and you really need it or when it's okay to say, nah, I need $1,000, <laughs> I'm going to go do it, I'm going to go get me $1,000 because that's also real, yeah. Like, should we have to not make money? Yes. Like, should it be about doing things and doing it for free? In my opinion, absolutely not. Um, we were under, we were able to do this because we we're under the rubric of the of um, Te Farewanang or Wikitoria or Te Hiringa Waka, as it's now called. Um, and so that enabled us to do this. So I'm a big one for well, if the institution will enable me to get in through that door, then I will. Um, and so we were able to do that, but of course we have to stay alive. Um, it's not a really, it's not a super, super well-paid job. This just all those kaituhi are sitting out there, ready to earn their big monies on writing. <laughs> it's not a, it's not the super well-paid job out here, Fano. Um, but um, yeah, it's really important to be able to earn your putia that way as well. Kapai, um, Issa, I'd like to turn to you and ask what your experience of publishing has been, and you've done a bit of everything, but particularly around the queer zines uh, in Tiritu Te Harakiki. Kia ora. Um, I just want to mihi to um, Anahira and Patricia. It was, I learned a lot just in, just in, just in the kōrero that you've, you've um, delivered so far today. Um, my experience. 
it's like it starts online. It starts on Twitter <laughs> very often. Um, Tere Tote Harakeke was a collection that me and Sinead Overby, Hana uh, Pere Aoki and Michelle Rahurahu um, put together um, in response to Uhumatao um, and everything that was happening around there and continues to happen. Um, and yeah, it was, it was four weeks of just... Well, it started with a, a Twitter thread where um, someone was compiling all the work that people had done or, or had posted about Uhumatao. And, um, and I was like, it'd be cool if we made this into like a collection and then other people agreed with me. <laughs> um, and then four weeks later, that was a thing um, that we had done. <laughs> Um, and it was, it's probably the single, I, I know, the, the thing I'm most proud of in terms of, of my writing life so far is I'm just taking those Puka Puka um, up to the whenua at Humatau and gifting them, and gifting them the putia that we had made from it um, to them. Um, I think that was just a very rewarding experience. Um, and it was, yeah, it was nice to, you know, have all these, like, difficult conversations in group chats um, about, like, you know, whether, whether it's um, okay for us to write about this, because it's not, a lot of us weren't mana whenua, um, and all these, like, complicated questions, which, um, which are, like, really, en really enriching when you're not having to, like, deal with, like, Pakeha eyes watching that conversation. Um, so it was, yeah... <laughs> <laughs> behind the curtain apparently um, um, and aside um, that I've been publishing kind of mini anthologies of queer writing um, at zine fests which I think are a really cool place because it kind of provides a lot of queer people and, and people of colour and indigenous artists and writers to kind of like share their work in a space that feels um, safe and um, isn't really about the money. Like you, you sell them for like maybe like $2, $5 or something like that, but it's like about just sharing. Um, there's all these like wonderful moments where, you, you know, you go around near the end of the day um, and you're just like giving each other little books or little, um, little pictures and stuff. And it's just a really um, enriching experience. So I think those have been like really positive um, experiences. Yeah. So everyone talks about there's the writing and then there's the subversive um, kaupapa underneath it, which is cool, and I'm very much here for that. But um, do we always have to be doing the paradigm shift stuff? Like, can Māori writers just get on with writing? Or do you always have to be doing this thing and changing it and making it different and doing this other complicated shit on the side? You're looking at me. Yeah, I'm looking at you. <laughs> <laughs> so I don't have the answer to that question. Um, I, for me, I think that actually we all have a place. You know, there's all the different kind of manu in the forest and we all do different mahi. Um, I'm drawn to that mahi that involves subversion. <laughs> um, so that's where I stand. But um, heaps of my mates are not. That isn't their mahi and that isn't how they stand in the world. And we all support each other to do the work that we need to do. So I think there's room for everybody to do all the kinds of writing and all the kinds of work that they need to do. Mm, this sounds like a utopia, right? You know, that we're this collective and it's gorgeous and everything, but we're also asked to compete, you know, because that is, you know, essential to, you know, get. there's only so many ways to be published in so many places. How do we navigate that? I was just going to say something about um, the, what you asked mm. us before. Do we just get on with life or do we, do we always have to be go for the submit? To me, I think I, I've always just got on with my writing life mm. and other people have told me I'm subversive. <laughs> 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 but... Um, <laughs> I, writing for me goes hand in hand with, you know, writing is something that's really important to me. My life would be the poorer if I hadn't become a writer. Um, and it's really important in my life, but it's not my whole life. Um, my life is my life. And um, I, that is the important thing to me, my life with my family, my cousins, my interrelationships with 
the earth or the people or whatever. And um, so that has to come first. When I first became a, a full-time writer, I stuck my nose down and I was just writing all the time and not doing anything else. And I soon got, soon felt I was all the poorer for doing just that. And I had to, you know, get back out there and help to build the whare and all these sorts of things. Mm. Yeah. And I think, I mean, the, you should all buy and read um, Patricia's memoir because it is that quiet subversion and so um, just doing the things the way that you felt was right was tikka. Um, and there's now this um, blueprint, I guess, for the rest of us. So, you know, not having the glossary of kupu Māori uh, in your book, um, insisting that te reo be normalised, um, having the reo Māori translations of your children's books from the beginning and then not writing with a contract. <laughs> but all of these things, you know, you just need one person to do it um, and then the rest of us can see that that's a way that you can be. So how do we compete? And do we have to? I mean, this is, it's interesting, right? I mean, because you... I just think, you know, that we can... Not everyone feels like they're part of the community, the Māori writing community, and, you know, we want to be all our different selves, um, and there are a limited number of opportunities for us, so what do we, how do we navigate that? Um, Pākehā take up a lot of space. <laughs> so I think that's what we should be working on. <laughs> Making sure they take up less space. Um... <laughs> Yeah, that's one of uh, um, one of the ways that. Um, so this is this is in, in regards to the work that I've been doing with um, some uh, with some people on um, the climate change anthology mm -hmm. um, for Auckland University Press. Um, something that we, well, that I <laughs> that I kind of presented um, when I was when I was offered to be part of the editorial group um, was I'm not going to be part of this unless for 2% of this book is Indigenous writers. Um, and I think having things like that in place to ensure that there is there is already that space there mm. um, is really important. Um, there's probably heaps of ways to do that than just, mm. you know, setting up, you know, like a, a code or something. But um, yeah, I think that's a thing to think about. Like mm. we can make this space larger. Mm. We can bring more people in. Um, yeah. I love that. Yeah. And Nadine Hura actually was the first one that talked to me about this, this idea that there's like one golden ticket for a Māori to be in your thing, you know, there's like one good Māori that gets to be on your board, uh, gets to write in your book, whatever, um, and that if our collective um, approach is to make more space, then you can all win. Mm. And also the danger of the single story. Absolutely. Um, it's really clear from the research that in the, in the publishing houses and boards that we've looked at, there might be ten people on the on the board of any publishing house or or what have you. Um, there is not more than one in each one Maori in each of those uh, publishing houses that we've found so far. Um, that doesn't mean that we're right and that we did that a wee while ago. But and I know that it's changing. I know that uh, for sure because I've had lots of people approach me. But for me, uh, the the. Competition is a really difficult thing. I tend to not want to compete. So <coughs> one of the things that um, I, like to think of, I like to think of it as is a collective competition. We compete collectively. Um, and I know that's easy to say as well. But, um, you know, it's about opening the doors and not ever shutting them to others who, who, want, uh, who want access and who want to be able to come in. For me, New Zealand, uh, Aotearoa is so small. You know, we have the opportunity. Uh, we pretty much know each other, you know, like, <laughs> I'm like, oh, Kilda, how's it going? <laughs> you know, um, to compete with my mates is very uncomfortable. But at the same time, um, we are thrust into these positions. So recently with the Voyager Awards that have not yet been announced the end of this month. Um, there are a number of our of our mates are in there in categories for writing where they are in fact required to compete with each other and somebody wins, you know. Like the Occam's, somebody wins. Um, and it's hugely problematic and it's problematic behind the scenes for us but from my experience, none of us hold resentment towards anyone, you know, it's that old adage of if you win, we all win. Um, because 
one one Māori on a board versus ten Pākehā or non-Māori or Tauiwi on a board. You know, like, if one wins, we all win. Um, and that's kind of the stance that we keep mm. taking. And what we're trying to do uh, is pull back tino rangatiratanga to, to our own selves so that in our, in our vision, um, we get to we get to decide where the competition is. Mm. You know, for me, the competition is when my auntie at home says, <laughs> when I don't turn up for a marahui because I'm late, because I'm at a poetry reading, and one of my dick cousins <laughs> says, oh, she's at a poetry reading. She's not coming till tomorrow, auntie. And I turn up, and auntie Moirangi goes, and I turn up at, at kai time, <laughs> and auntie, auntie Moirangi goes, oh, where were you? And I was like, um, is at the National Library to approach reading? And she's like, oh, cool. Stand up and give us your poems then. <laughs> <laughs> now that's a competition. Like, that's scary shit right there. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, I just want to explore self-publishing a little bit more and just, um, is, that, is that the best expression of Tenoranga Teratanga or is it kind of a... Um, unfortunate reality given the commercial imperatives and, and the um, lack of interest in mainstream publishers and, and Māori writing for, you know, over years. Yes, sir? I don't know. Mm. Um, <laughs> I feel... There's like a whole lot of like give and take when it comes to being published by published by an established publisher versus publishing yourself at like a zine fest or publishing on like something like Amazon or something, which people have done quite successfully. Um, I think regardless, you're having to interact with systems which you know don't come from us. Mm. Um, you have to work with things which are you know coming from elsewhere that are acting on you without your like consent. Um, so I feel like it, it's it's tricky regardless. Um, I don't know. I really like publishing, like self-publishing, like little things because I can just put death threats in my writing and it's okay. Uh, <laughs> and the swearing. No, and, uh, yeah, and the swearing and the fucking swearing. Um, yeah, I don't know. Um, yeah, I I feel. Um, I feel a bit fraught about saying this is mm. Tenoranga Teratanga versus this is Tenoranga Teratanga when, you know, uh, we're still broadly alienated from our land, alienated from sovereignty of it, mm. which I think is at the base of all this conversation, right? That we don't, you know, we don't have, we don't have, we're not the ones with the money, we're not the ones making the decisions um, higher up as, as in regards to, like, the boards and everything. And even, you know, we go back to the crown is still... Mm. Um, kind of sovereign here. Mm. Um, <laughs> it's getting heavy. Mm. But oh well. It um, always goes there eventually. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, um, so I, I feel like there's freedoms in self-publishing mm. which are really cool and like, you, you know, you can have like this like, little conversation with your friends. Mm. Um, it doesn't have to, you know, it doesn't ha always have to go out into the world in a bigger way. Nice park um, out eyes again. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. And so, you know, it's happened in the past too, um, people publishing their own work or it being published by collectives. Mm. And I can think of um, the, 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 I forget the name of the collective in Auckland, which was, um, came off from the Hayata collection in Wellington, which was mainly to do with the visual arts. But in Auckland, they formed a collective of Māori women and published Arapira Blanc's book of poetry and poetry by Trixie Menzies. Mm. And there was Hilary Baxter, I don't know where she got hers published. But also there was the Spiral Collective, which was a, um, a collection, a collective of women based in Wellington mainly. Um, and part of that Spiral Collective were Eddie Harpiti mm. Ramston and Miriama Evans and um, Marion Evans. Uh, so it was a mixture of, it had that strong Māori influence in it. Mm. And they were the ones who um, produced, published The Bone People, mm. which won the mm. Booker Prize. And um, 
and House of the Talking Cat by um, J.C. Stern. And both of those writers had had difficulty getting published. So, you know, it's just a matter of thinking outside the box, I guess, mm. and, and just believing in what you're doing mm. and getting that done. Or other people believing in you. In the case of um, um, Jackie Sturm, mm. yes. Okay. Can you tell us anything yeah. else about Jackie? <laughs> just quickly <laughs> while you're there. <laughs> <laughs> um, I didn't know her very well, but I did. We did go to um, Norway together, <laughs> of all places, <laughs> to a feminist book fair, and Gosh, I got to know her a little bit during that time. And that was after the publication of The Bone People. And then she lived not far away from me. And she ticked me off one time because of this thing that embarrasses me that is always said as part of my biography, and I've tried to get it eliminated, that I'm the first Māori woman to have published a book of fiction in English or whatever. And... I, it, I mean, that, that's probably true, but I was not the pioneer, you know. Um, J.C. Sturm had her stories published in um, the, Ox the New Zealand short stories, mm. the Oxford um, edition, and um, there were others like Arapeta Blanc, and I can't think of all the names mm. of Māori women who had been published before me. They may not have had a book, but I just feel a, a little bit uncomfortable with this coming up all the time in my belt. And, uh, you know, even though... I, and when I was saying um, Jackie ticked me off one time, said, why do I let people keep on saying that? You know? And I said, well, I have tried, but I don't try anymore. I just <laughs> 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 but I'm telling you, you might... <laughs> Spread the <Yeah>. word. <laughs> yes. Oh, what? Okay. Um, the, yeah, the, just the, the corridor about um, firsts. Yes. We often get given, you know, whatever category, <laughs> whatever like niche category, or, or, or and then said we're the, like the the pioneer of this, ah. which I always find extremely problematic, mm. because you know we've been producing art since the beginning of time. Mm. Um, since Te Kori Kori. Um, and I feel like you know we're always trying to recognise the whakapapa of the work and having that conversation mm. and as soon as someone says this is the first mm. all those people get discounted all the mm. people that come before dis discounted mm. um, and it's like real you know it's really it's kind of tempting because it just puts someone in a box and you know this is where I start and I can keep up now or, or something like that but um <laughs> <laughs> I can collect them all now. <laughs> um, and I, th I feel like um, we need to you know, resi resist that kind of mm. categorisation um, mm. because you know, we come from a long line of storytellers. Mm. Yeah. So that's another thing I recognise in myself too, my whakapapa. Um, there's a long line of composers mm. and mm. You know, there's ancient waiata mm. that have been composed by my um, tipuna. So it is kind of embarrassing to have to have um you know, these first first doesn't really mean anything. Mm. 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 I um I all of this um and I think it comes back really nicely to um self publishing. Um one of the one of the private uh challenges or um today, you know, that I set for myself is that I won't send a piece of poetry for publication in a print form until I've read it aloud somewhere. Um, and for me, that's a form of over my work. When I hear it aloud, uh, and that's doable because it's a poem, be different if it was a novel, I'm just saying. <laughs> I'm not going to be like reading the whole novel out to anyone, just saying. <laughs> um, <laughs> but it means that... Um, I feel like I'm standing in line with my tupuna who, who 
did that aloud and who we are referring to and who um, and those who continue to stand on the marayatia and do whaikorero, uh, you know, improv, I'm like, oh, yeah. <laughs> that's impressive. And it's so stunning. And I'm like, how have they done that? <laughs> um, and yet at the same time, you know, we're in Te Aupaka and this is not considered publication. But for me, this is publication. Um, and I think the other thing, the other sort of positioning that I have when I think about self uh, self-publication is the advent of uh, online work um, and the ability for us to get in there and just put our own words out onto different various platforms um, and to engage with with the public some nicer than others um, with regard to that to that mahi that we've put out there uh, but it also means that we can retain that ownership of it and we can go back very quickly and very easily for instance and say could you please change this this is incorrect um, Really, really common, a really common practice is that uh, an editor, I don't know if it's still common, but was common, will take a line from it and use it as the clickbait, and it's really the wrong thing, it's some sort of terrible, you know, adds a, an element to the story that's really negative or one that you didn't want, but you know people will click on it. Um, this kind of thing, this kind of online business allows us to be able to intervene much more swiftly than we can on paper, um, which for me is a form of um, a form of tinoranga uh, tanga in publishing now. Kia ora. Actually, that um, is a really nice segue. Thank you. Um, and I just wanted to, before we finish, touch on. Um, research and so academic research because I think I mean, obviously publishing means something slightly different in the academic context but a lot of the barriers and consequences of our exclusion are the same um, and a lot of the innovations to overcome those um, barriers are similar and so I know with um, Kaupapa Māori research you know that comes from the community rather than a research deciding that that's the thing you want to do um, not doing research to someone um, and distribution is about um, delivering it in the way that you're talking about rather than publishing it in a journal that our whānau won't read um, and to, again to Mahita the, um, and it's often wahine not to diminish our tāne but who are who just getting organised around this stuff so the, uh, the mana wahine readers, so um, that Leonie Pihama, Linda Tuhiwai-Smith and others um, put together, so just collecting all of that um, thinking from wahine Māori academics in one place, and then uh, Ngākete Mātauranga, which um, came out this year, which is um, a beautiful um, book. And I just wanted to read a quote from um, Professor Paparangi Reid, who's um, one of my kind of star mentors. <laughs> um, these authors are stars who ex whose experience, knowledge and wisdoms help us navigate our challenges and our celebrations as we journey through learning, healing, imagining, developing and self-determining the expanse of possible Māori futures. As academics as well, do you find those similarities and those parallels between literature and academic publishing? Well, nobody wants to read my academic work online just like that. <laughs> it's not going to be published on the spin-off. So um, I do very much find those really similar and uh, in terms of the institutions themselves and the ways in which research is expected to be done and presented um, continues. Mm. So Tefia is part of my doctoral research, but it doesn't count. What counts is what I write up afterwards and hand in in my PhD thesis. You know, I'm like, oh, that's interesting. That's, that's, and that is the rule of the institution. I could probably fight that, but I can't be bothered. Because mm. um, there are other fights that are really way more worth having, which are the ones that are the spin-offs from Tefia, like the intergenerational mahi, the, the, um, the weddle set by Patricia Fire. Uh, Fire Patricia, when we went to um, Tukorahia, was to um, bring in the rangatahi. Where is the next generation of our writers and how can they find their way to have voice? And so from that, we are starting to do mahi in schools where we are starting to bring that through. And this is a way in which um, mainstream uh, publishers have been super able to support us because they gave us the money to do it. You know, like they, we went to them and they gave us an open, they just said, you go and do it, we trust you. And that's really important because we need to be able to... Um, follow our own tikanga and not be subject to that. But we need to have those relationships in order to be able to do that. We need to have relationships with those people uh, so that they can trust us, the young writers, and also the publishers so they can trust what we're going to do with that putia. Any final thoughts? I thought about doing a, you know, advice to Māori writers. Kaupapa. <laughs>
There are so many things in this world that will try to make you stop writing. <laughs> um, don't stop. <laughs> yeah, that's what I, that's what I have to say. Mm. Yes, I would say the same thing. Just do it. Um, look after your health. Um, I think that's really important. Eat your vegetables when you're at camp. <laughs> Kill the fire. Go, out, go outside and play. <laughs> and look around, you know. Use your eyes, use your ears, use your senses. Um, take notice of what people say and how they say it. Uh, read books. And, <laughs> um, and I would like to add to that, circling all the way back to the beginning, you know, um, no matter what kind of manu you are, no matter what kind of bird and what kind of noises you make, there's room for you. It's, we, you know, we need to hear that. It's not a question of the Māori writer. There's no such thing. It's not a question of the Māori story. There's no such thing. We need all of the stories. We need to hear all of them so we can all feel safe in the world and all feel seen and recognised, as Patricia was talking about in the beginning. And the only way for that to happen is for you to all write. Um, and also, one little word of advice. Say no to, to anything you don't want. Say no. Kilda. Ko tēnei te I think... Buying and reading books is one of my favourite forms of activism and if there's one thing to take away from today, buy the books, read them, take them out from the library, tell everyone you know, come to these sessions. Thank you for coming. This is amazing. Um, this tells the festival that they should have given us a bigger room. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. And you can see our writers at other events in the festival. I think Essa is participating tonight in Streetside. Yeah, yeah. I'm reading about my demon, like his Dark yeah. Materials demon. Yes. Yeah. Awesome. Cool. <laughs> <laughs> um, 11 o'clock tomorrow, Patricia will be in conversation with Nick Lowe, and that's about her memoir from the centre. And tomorrow night, all of our darlings are participating in Ngā Oro Hau. Um, so this is a session incorporating our writers and Taonga Puro practitioners. And I have to read out everyone who'll be there because it's so epic. So in addition to Anahira and Essa, we've got Arihia Latham, Becky Manamatu, Tusiata Avia, Ruby Solly, and our Arts Laureate, um, Ariana Tikau, as well as pre-recorded compositions from Rob Thorne, Horomona Horo, Richard Nunns and Al Fraser. So it's gonna be amazing. And just to mihi quickly to one other event, an unexpected event for the festival, but uh, it's going to be an epic one anyway. So Michelle Rahurahu tomorrow, 10 a.m., uh, talking about story sovereignty. So please join me in thanking our writers again for their time today. We'll head off for the signing table. Tanakwe, you've been listening to a podcast from the 2021 Auckland Writers' Festival Waituhi or Tāmaki. You can find a range of other festival talks, interviews and discussions on iTunes, SoundCloud and on our website, writersfestival.co.nz.